Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So today's Gospel is a very beautiful Gospel. And we've been through it a few times. And what we see in the beginning of the story, that Christ is going to the village called Nain. And the meaning of Nain is beautiful. So God's going in a garden or a city, sorry, called beautiful. And again, we expect to see beauty. We expect to see joy, flowers. You can imagine all of these things. Yet what we see is completely the opposite. What we see is death, mourning, and it's a huge deal because this is not only a woman that is a widow, meaning that her husband passed away, but now her only son also passed away. And women at the time did not have means of work like today because most of the work was physical work. So that meant as well for her that she has no livelihood. And who's going to take care of her? So this was a huge deal. But God comes, obviously, being the source of life himself. He walks into that city and he raises the man from death. And if we notice, Christ touches the coffin. Yet when he touches the coffin, the man is not raised. And this is very important because in Old Testament times, if you would touch a coffin or touch a corpse, you become undefiled. And that means you have to be on the side for seven days and you have to go through all of these rituals of purification and all of these things. And yet Christ walks and touches and he has no problem because he wants to say something. He wants to say that I created this entire creation beautiful. Everything was good. And for humanity, it was very good. And that's why the name of the city is beautiful. Yet through sin, there's death, there's corruption. But I will come within that city and I will make everything anew again. And that's the meaning of salvation, orthodox understanding. Salvation in orthodoxy means to recreate, to heal, to bring back to the first estate to that level of beauty, of real life. So Christ touches and says, I am the source of life. Maybe as humans, you can run away from a dead corpse because of all of these OT laws, Old Testament laws, but I am not a normal human being. Then he comes to each one of us, to this dead person. And then he says to him, young man, I say to you, arise. So he comes personally to each one and he says to me, I say to you, arise. He says to me, your soul, when it was created, it was gorgeous. It was in my image. And the purpose of your soul is to be in my likeness. Since I'm the source of joy, all of this joy should overflow from within you. The internal peace that you're dying for 
should overflow within you if you find me. I was just hearing like a very quick um, three-minute clip yesterday about a bishop speaking about this whole thing about Israel and Palestine and the entire world and how they signed peace treaties and they come up with all of these ideas to bring peace in the world. But it fails. The only way we can really bring peace into the world or to bring peace in our hearts is through the Savior Jesus Christ. He is the King of Peace. When we acknowledge Him in our lives, when we start to meet with Him, encounter Him daily, when He becomes the purpose, our treasure, for which we live for, we start tasting and discovering this other life that is beyond imagination. And the problem that all of us will face is that death is eminent, meaning death is a guarantee. The woman in the story, her husband died, next thing you know, her child dies. And we hear of many stories, you know, I don't want to say examples, but, but as priests we hear of many things. Someone that is super healthy did not complain about his health once in his life. All of a sudden, bang, has a few months to live and there's no way he's going to get healed. Medicine is not a level where it can heal that person. And actually, if you look into it, there's such a thing today that there's such a thing called the excess death. So in every country, there's an average of death that happens daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. In the entire world right now, if you look at the data, there's about a 15% excess death than normal. Since the last few years, that excess death is there. Right? So scientifically, it's there. The data is there. On a personal level, I personally see it. But death for us as Christians is not meant to be something that is fearful. But that's if I'm really holding on to that source of life. And if I start doing like the church fathers that always remembered death, so they kept on with their fasting and their prayers and this, this thing called the remembrance of death that keeps me away from sin, that makes me cling to God. If I live that way, I'll realize that I'll do things very, very differently. I'm upset at someone. I'm angry against someone. We fight over things that are meaningless. On the spot, they seem so meaningful and so huge, and it's worth fighting for. But if you think for one second, if next day I'm not here anymore, you will never fight over this. You will never fight over inheritance. You will never fight over money or someone that spoke badly to you. You will never fight over these things if it's, they're put into perspective. Because death is a reality, but God says, listen, I've created you. You chose to die because you left the source of life. I have come to the earth and I was raised from the dead and I'm giving you back this life. And now 
regardless of what you do, Abuna Gabriel, you will live eternally. But or it's an eternal life of joy or an eternal condemnation. The difference is the state of your soul. And he says this life is not only meant to be lived. Sometimes as Christians we think that heaven is something that is, you know, in the other life. I'm hoping and I'm crossing my fingers to get to heaven. That's not how it works. Heaven is here and now. The taste of heaven, the experience of heaven is here and now. Nothing keeps us away from experiencing heaven but our own selves. Obviously, society helps. Distractions help a lot. But again, if I have this remembrance of death, I will find that nothing keeps me away from Christ. You know, I know youth that have exams, have midterms, still come to Sunday school, still come to liturgy, still come to Tazbaha, still do their prayers. You know, we, we see different things. So some people are like, oh, I pray once in a while because I have an exam, I pray. Others are like, oh, I don't pray because I have a, an exam, I don't have time. So who's the priority? So we all say God is the priority. But if I have an exam and I don't pray, who's the priority? It's my exam. We're not going to kid ourselves, right? But others, they pray all the time. Exam, no exam. Tribulation, no tribulation. Feeling of peace within or not. Service or not. Regardless, regardless. Their life is Christ. I'm about to watch something. It's funny. So I want to watch. I want to be entertained. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's clean. But Abuna, you know, yeah, there are bad words. There's bad music. But it's entertaining. I, I'm not listening or watching for this stuff. I just want to laugh. Habibi, laugh. But when it's clean. When there's poison sometimes in the content that we see. But this poison, if it comes inside of me, then the life God has given me in baptism is led back to corruption and death. And God says it's fine. But I want you to know you're not walking in the right direction. But I've given you this grace of repentance and, and, and confession. Come, remit your sin. How many people have a father of confession? How many youth don't have a father of confession? Confession, beloved, is a mystery. Confession is not about, it's not only about forgiveness of sins. There's something that happens deep within you. And the purpose of these things is really to bring about this life. God, God says, forget this death. Ma young man, I say to you, arise. Young woman, I say to you, arise. And the sadness of that beautiful city was turned into joy. And people went out proclaiming that there's a great prophet among them. And we see this all the time, by the way. You have a youth, or forgive me, a family, you know, whomever, like a class, a group of friends, whomever, that is not doing well. One person, one person, 
is resurrected spiritually within them, bang, fire. The entire group of people, friends, family, class, whatever, they start discovering God bit by bit. That's the power of the resurrection. And all of us has access to this power because Christ is risen from the dead and glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.